everybody. You are listening to Limited Playtime, the board game podcast where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. Or the next episode is free. Do you guys do you guys know where we got that from? Do you remember where we got that from, Jason? No. Domino's. Oh pizza. yeah. The 30 I, minute guarantee. Domino's. We've are we underwritten by Domino's? <laughs> no, don't mention their name. Then why are we doing it? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Stop mentioning them. <laughs> I, we shouldn't even be doing the line. Well, it's too late now. It's our thing. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm, did we say our names? I'm Kyle Bolin. <laughs> and I'm Jason Cavallari. And today we're talking about Splendor. Oh, one of the, the Splendor. Yeah, one of the hypest games of 2014. <laughs> was it one of the hypest? Games? It was pretty. It was pretty hype. There was a lot of a lot of Splendor talk around the time. Everybody like Splendor is yeah. an amazing game. Okay, I heard oh, that a sure. lot. <laughs> well, it you finally got a chance to play it. This is fun. It's published by the Space Cowboys. <laughs> Are they named Maurice? Uh, no. Uh, designed <laughs> by Marc Andre and artist Pascal Kido, I believe. Q U I D A U L T. How do you that pronounce that? That was quite Jason? good. Yes, that was correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then you don't need to correct me on that. <laughs> Jason Damn. speaks better French than me. May we, oui, Monsieur? Yeah. Um, my is pretty old. I've done it a long time. Anyway, Splendor. Uh, Splendor is a game uh, <laughs> that is, is game. mostly chips and cards. <laughs> it's all chips and cards. Oh, no, there's yeah. some tiles, too. Yeah, there's tiles, yeah. You've got, like, uh, what, six, technically, different uh, colors of chips? No, five, uh, five. Five non-wilds yeah, and one and wild. wild. Yeah, 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 yeah. So each chip uh, corresponds to a different type of gem. Right. And over the course of the game, you uh, on your turn, you can collect up to three gems or chips or this is going to be confusing uh you can up collect up to three chips on your turn uh, uh, as long as they're all a different color yep. yep uh can you collect two of one color yes under as long as there are at least four in the pile okay yeah um you can reserve a card uh by taking the card okay so there's also rows of cards and columns of cards uh those cards you may reserve one by taking it you do not have it in play yet, but you then also take a wild chip while you take that card. You may then later pay the cost to then own that card, basically, yeah. uh, which is the other main mechanic in the game besides taking the chips is using those chips that you have taken to purchase the cards that are out in front of you. Yep. And what, those the, cards, cards, uh, what the cards do is uh, they can do one of two things or both of these things. Uh, they can either give you victory points uh, and the points are just a big white number on top of the top of the card. Um, and most of the time they also give you um, a gem, a permanent gem. So for example, all the you time, buy, right? Yeah, I think so. So I don't think there's any that are just victory points. Really? No, I, I, th- I so. thought I some, that... maybe some of the higher tier ones might be, but I, I could be misremembering. I don't think that. so I, I think it's just the, uh, the tiles with that, that are just victory points. <clears throat> So, so yeah, so in general, I mean, if you buy a, say you bought, um, like a, a red one, um, and it has a one red gem at the top, that means you permanently have one red gem to spend mm-hmm. in future rounds. Uh, mm-hmm. so the next time, so you wanted to buy something that cost three red gems, you would only need two red chips. Um, and then you would have the permanent one from your card. Um, and, it, and there's different combinations of the colors and sometimes they're worth more than one type of gem and all this kind of stuff. And so you build up. Uh, basically this uh, stock reserve of gems that will help you to purchase more and more expensive cards later on. 
yeah, and there's like three tiers of uh, gems, gem cards. So there's like the really cheap ones down at the bottom that you pretty much are just going to buy with your chips early on in the game to try to start collecting some permanent gems that will allow you to have more purchasing power to then purchase from the second row, which is the one where points start showing up for the first time. So some of the more expensive ones are going to have like one point on them or maybe two as well as the gem color. And then once you've collected enough of those plus the first tier of gems you might be able to afford some cards from the third tier uh row which has higher point values like threes and fours i think maybe uh plus some of them are even five i think are they yeah Yeah. um so and and that's going to be one of the main ways that you uh earn victory points in the game is is mostly that top row there the the second row you get maybe like one or two to maybe edge out somebody that you're very close with but they're not going to be the bread and butter of your scoring your scoring engine here. Right, um, and the the only other way to get points is to get one of the noble tiles. Uh, so I think depending on the number of players, there's a variable number of um, of noble tiles that get placed out at the, the beginning of the game. And you can purchase them by basically collecting uh, cards um, in sets. sets. Yeah. Um, and then you, you can grab the noble if you've uh, collected that particular set of cards. So if one is like... You need three green cards and three white cards. As, you, as soon as you have three green and three white cards, you can grab that noble, and it's right. worth a number of victory points. And you can only grab one per turn, even if you have the uh, the values required for more than one of them. So if you have the values required to uh, get two of them on one turn, you grab one. If one of your opponents happens to have the values for the other one that you qualify for, they could grab it, and then you would not be able to get it. But if it comes all the way back around to you, you could then do it on a subsequent turn. <laughs> Sorry, um, I'm dying. That's okay. I'm gonna silence you in the in post, so okay. it's fine. Everybody ignore Jason. <laughs> ignore me. <laughs> uh, um, and you play the game until one player reaches 15 points. Uh, so it tends to be a pretty fast game. Uh, you tend to hit 15 points within probably like 20 or 30 minutes of gameplay, maybe even less uh, if you're playing with people that know how to play. Uh, and so it's one of those very fast moving games. Uh, it's a lightweight physical physically lightweight game that you could say throw in a backpack and and play at a picnic or uh you know like in between classes at school or in between games at gen con uh, it's sort of the perfect type of game for that sort of a thing both because of the 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 compactness of it as well as the speed that it plays at yeah and it's a game that tends to ramp up in speed too so the beginning can be fairly slow but yeah <clears throat> once you have a sizable portion of uh of cards in front of you uh the the speed really picks up because you can just buy things quicker and quicker god what's going on jason you sound like you've been crying <laughs> i was drinking iced tea <laughs> and it went, went down the went down the wrong tube uh-huh, also i worse. also i have bl- the black plague oh no <laughs> radis got you Rath, the rest <laughs> you were in romania when they bit you yeah. and the babies <laughs> So, how do you like Splendor, Jason? Is this a good game? Uh, you know, those are two different questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it a good game? Sure. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty straightforward to learn. It's easy to play, uh, difficult to master. Um, is it a is it a fun game? Do I enjoy this game? Eh, not particularly. <laughs> um, I. Uh, a particular type of person will probably like this game a lot. Um, mm-hmm. For example, my husband who loves this game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty mathy. Uh, it has a lot of sort of Euro style feel to it. Um, the theme is literally pasted on like it has nothing to do really with. Oh, <clears throat> that yes. reminds me. I wanted to actually read the description from Board Game Geek. 
Oh, to see if it was actually from the Renaissance or something? uh, Listen, okay, because I just want to know, like, how much of this is conveyed through the actual game. Splendor is a game of chip collecting and card development. Players are merchants of the Renaissance trying to buy gem mines, means of transportation, shops, all in order to acquire the most prestigious points. If you're wealthy enough, you might even receive a visit from a noble at some point, which, of course, will further increase (laughs) your prestige. Oh, right. Like, I see none of that. Like, the art... Mines? Yeah, Transportation? Like, I don't even shops? remember what, what the art on the cards look like. All I see are it's, the colors. It's like a, yeah, it's like, <laughs> the like colors landscapes and, the and a gem floating That's above it. them, right? <laughs> right, like, yeah. Oh, some pretty mountains, and there's there's a diamond. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... The the theme is is not at all relevant to the game. Nope. Um, in, in no way. Uh, which really kind of bums me out, because, you know, I, I find... I mean, I, I like heavily thematic games, uh, even if the game is sort of less than perfect mechanically. Um, the theme, I think, can make up for it and can be really fun uh, and add a really strong sort of narrative element uh, that kind of draws you into the game's world and things like that. Splendor does none of that. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Splendor. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like dying. You're nowhere near as thematic as Rum and Bones. <laughs> no, no, not at all. You did not make me feel like a gem miner or a gem <laughs> assessor. Uh, so, I... It's fine. You know, when we played it at your house, it's fine. Like, it was a fine way to kill 20 minutes, and... Sure, you know, like I, I didn't hate playing it. You know, I, I can't say like I was dying to play more, but I didn't have a bad time. Like it was fine. Um, that said, I have been playing a crap load of Splendor on my phone. Have you really? <laughs> yeah, I downloaded the app, and it's the sort of thing where when you're just killing time, like you know, waiting for your three-year-old son to fall asleep, for instance, uh, or you know, like standing in line at the BMV. Uh, the, the type of games that you play on your cell phone tend to be, I think, more like this, where there's not really much of a theme. You know, I think I've played lots of, like, different sort of mathy games on my phone during those types of times, like Sudoku or, you know, like Picross, things like that, right? Um, word searches, stuff like that, like Time Killers. And, and it's a fantastic one of those. So I kind of actually prefer this game as a phone game rather than a board game that I want to play with other people. Yeah, um, I, I think my husband kind of likes it mostly for that reason as well. He plays it on his phone like while he's on the train to work in the morning. And that makes a lot of sense to me. I think that it's great for that sort of a thing. But if I'm going to sit down and we're going to have a good time Saturday night, drinking some beers, sitting around a table, playing a board game together, we probably should be playing something a little bit more interactive, something a little bit more thematic than this, um, something like maybe a little bit more intricate than this. That's how I want to spend my Saturday nights if we've got one of those to to spend together, you know? Yeah, no, I would totally agree with that. Um, yeah, so this has its time and place, but I believe that time and place is on a phone on the toilet. <laughs> toilet games. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound... That's like a terrible review. <laughs> this game well, is a toilet game. <laughs> maybe maybe that's our maybe that's our next Kickstarter thing, is to start a whole line of games that are intended to be played while on the while toilet. While on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Coming to Kickstarter... Oh yeah, <laughs> brutal farming the toilet game. Yeah, brutal. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it, we're just pouring out the money making ideas here. We shouldn't be saying this out loud. People yeah, are no, people steal are going to take this name. Yeah, yeah. God. 
Um, anyway, <laughs> moving away from that, there is one part of this game that I particularly enjoy, which is actually the chips. <laughs> yeah. The components are phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the cards are whatever, but, uh, but the chips are like, the chips are great. They're like weighty. Chunky. Yeah. yeah. Mm. They have a good heft. Yeah. <laughs> they have the same, uh, tactile. There's a, the same similar tactile joy to those chips as there is to like a really nice set of poker chips. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you know, a they nice feel good in your hands. They make a satisfying sound when you put yeah. them down. Yeah, yeah, it's it's similar to uh, I've got a Zool now. Um, I, I picked that up since I've come back from Jason Con, and <laughs> those 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 little pieces are really really fun to hold too. They're like a nice resin, little chunky, you know, like block. Um, and that's that's what I thought of when I first started fondling those was Splendor because Splendor's chips are just so satisfying to pick up and you know like just kind of like clack into each other and um you know like they they feel great in your hand yeah um so uh, and i i feel bad that that's like the only positive thing i can say about it it but... uh, it's not the only positive thing i mean well, like no it's... i mean it's a good game it's just it's it a doesn't finely make, designed it doesn't game. excite me <laughs> you need to know what that game is uh if you're going to make a purchase or maybe you don't i don't know like if you can find it real cheap whatever like it's fine um it's not a bad game to have in your collection. I think that even, like I said, even, even playing it in person with somebody else, I think there's a time and a place. Like, like I said, like in between games at Gen Con or, you know, in between classes at school or something like that. Like it's a quick game that you can play and it's very portable. So if you like having those types of games and you want options, like this is one of those, right? So I think that it has a place in certain collections and and that's where it is. And it is a fairly inexpensive game, I think. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I remember looking at it at like Toys R Us a while ago, and it was like way higher price than I thought it should be, like mm-hmm. around like thirty or forty dollars or something like that. And yeah. for what you're getting in that box, like that's ridiculous. Uh, even if it's like thirty dollars, it's kind of ridiculous. Like it, it definitely has the the amount of components in it. It feels like it should be a twenty twenty five dollar game. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No, that's very true. Yeah. So, I mean, like if you can find it at the right price point and you were looking for more of those compact, lightweight and quick to play games for your collection, mm-hmm. I don't think that this is a bad choice. Um, it's just not the sort of thing that you and I want to play, you know, like when we've got a lot of time to play a game together, like during those those rare occasions where we're together and we want to play a board game. Splendor isn't exactly the type of game that we're looking to play, yeah. but it is the type of game that, you know, like kills the last 20 minutes before dinner's done. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's very that's precisely the the right place to put this game. Yeah. Um you know, I mean some I mean I guess if you enjoyed playing like multiple rounds of it at a time, you could squeeze an hour out of it, but I mean I for me it gets old pretty quick. Maybe there's some way to turn it into a drinking game. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. House rules. <laughs> Strip Splendor. <laughs> you just automatically made this game 10 times more exciting. Oh yeah. <laughs> I guess depending see your on your diamonds, you're baby. <laughs> Let me see them jewels. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, now that we thoroughly creeped people out, uh, <laughs> uh, here's <laughs> here's a thing that I have, um, and this isn't particular to Splendor, but Splendor just sort of reminds me of this very, uh, very presently. Um, is that you know, I've mentioned before that I'm a historian. I'm a history buff. I do like things that are history based. Um, when you make a game and attach it to a historical era and trying to make it about something from that era. So if you're making it about, you know, gem crafters or sellers or miners or whatever from the Renaissance, 
I, I hate when people take stuff like that and just sort of don't do anything with it. Um, because, you know, when you talk about some of these things, to me, they they conjure up images of a, a, a rich, uh, you know, cultural and historical background um, that are very exciting. Like, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the Renaissance or the medieval era or whatever um, that... Can, I think can add really a lot of flavor to a game um, and sort of draw you more into the game's world and things like that. Um, and when you don't tap that as a resource uh, to make mm-hmm. your game uh, more appealing, I, I feel like that's really wasted potential. Yeah. As a historian, you're definitely qualified to make that call. And as a person who has played multiple Assassin's Creed games, I feel like I am qualified to agree. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh Plus the the sort of quote unquote Renaissance theme like is even in the to the extent that they do it it is kind of uh, fudged a little bit because the the mm-hmm. nobles that they put out there they don't yeah, you're getting nitpicky here I am but they don't they don't have <laughs> names in the game they're just sort of generic nobles but the portraits uh-huh. that they use are really well known portraits of various monarchs and uh, and queens and things um, yeah. and they're not all from the renaissance (laughs) yeah i think they were probably just going for a cohesive art style with all that and everything though and that's probably what the what fit the cohesive art style so yeah uh i'm not going to hold them uh accountable for that personally but i can see how you'd be frustrated about it because it's something you take a little bit more you're you're more a little bit more close to that sort of thing than i am i am Um, i mean it's a small thing to to pick on it that wouldn't sort of influence my opinion of the game but it's just sort of another one of those things I, i think it is a good point though to point out that there aren't enough games that probably take a theme that is uh, based in reality, right? Uh, either historical or, you know, something to do with maybe like culture, current culture or mm-hmm. science or whatever, right? There, there's probably not enough examples of games that do that in a way that is um, educational or, you know, like at, at least using that, that history or that theme in a way that is... Um, in keeping with how it actually happened or in, in, in bringing that history into the game in a very relevant way. Right. I mean, it's what we talked about when we were talking about, um, Salem, right. Um, inquisition. What was it called? Salem. Uh, Affliction. 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 Salem. Uh, there's Um, a game that does it really well. I mean, they, it's not exactly like how it would play out because that would be boring because everybody would know it, but, uh, but yeah, I mean the, the theme and the mechanics sort of work really well together. Um, mm-hmm. to give you a sense of you know what it's it might have been like. <laughs> it is sensibly using what actually happened then in a game mechanic way that uh, you know like that makes what happened then relevant to it's relevant to the game mechanics, right? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the and, flying and, of accusations and fear and, and right, all this other stuff, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, and as somebody, I didn't necessarily enjoy that game a great deal, but like, I still think that that's something that games should, that that I appreciate that that game did, and that I would like to see more often out of games. Right, is seeing yeah. them do something relevant like that. Like, it could be social, it could be, um, you know, it could be related to like education or, or whatever. Like, there's all kinds of ways that I think gaming can can bring experiences meaningful experiences or education to us that they're they, they don't do often enough right i mean yeah most of the time it's just like let's come up with some space monsters and fight each other with them and i'm also yeah. fine with that but like <laughs> you know if somebody if somebody comes up with a way to you know educate me on something that i didn't know about before in the past like i find that very interesting yeah uh, yeah so, and and splendor is a uh, an example where they they just didn't do they that at all did and not, they, really, they dropped the ball on they it, really right? could have i mean even at to a very, very minimal level because 
one of the things put, that's uh, sort of really. I don't, sorry, I'm like cutting you off. No, yeah, we're both are. But I mean, like, well, yeah, no, I mean, well, just down to putting like some flavor text on the cards, right? Oh yeah, that's I say totally do that. Who somebody was, and like just a brief snippet about them, you know, like something like that would would give you some some education on who those people in the portraits are, you know, or or <laughs> right, like yeah. maybe something about how like gem work was done in the renaissance period and what the relevance of that was or what the relevance of the gems were in in the renaissance period like any of that could have been done on those cards right oh yeah yeah and it would have been a very simple way to you know try to at least infuse it with a little bit more uh, yeah flavor and it wouldn't necessarily make it thematically or it wouldn't necessarily make it mechanically important but it would at least be less of a pasted on theme and I guess a little bit heavier of a pasted on theme, but at least there would be it would be bringing you something, right? Yeah. That that enriches that experience yeah. a little bit. I mean, even if mechanically they were looking to sort of introduce some more historical Renaissance concepts, I mean, they could have done even a small thing, uh, like you know, some way in which the players can sort of maybe backstab each other or um, or or you know, kill the Pope. Yeah, or whatever. I mean, the, the Renaissance Renaissance politics were incredibly cutthroat, and there's mm-hmm. very, very little player interaction, if any, in this game. <laughs> yeah. You'd use um, the mechanics to start a brotherhood of assassins. And, um, <laughs> or a merchant's guild, or some, some shit. Who knows? I'm literally just using all of my experience from Assassin's Creed. From Assassin's Creed. Assassin's so. Creed. Ezio yes. Auditore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. That's my boy. <laughs> An expert on the Renaissance. My Renaissance boy. There you <clears throat> <clears throat> so anyway, so. Uh, Splendor. Buy it if it gets real cheap and you want a fast, <laughs> lightweight game to put in your backpack. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Otherwise, or maybe play, play it on, on your phone. phone. Yeah, on De- the toilet. <laughs> I say, I would say definitely play it on your phone. It's good. It's a great toilet game. It's a great toilet game. Thumbs up on the toilet. <laughs> Thumbs kind of sideways on the train. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All but right, definitely, uh, definitely not a must buy in the box anyway. All right. Well, we managed to squeeze twenty two minutes out of that. I'm kind of surprised. yeah. yeah. High five. Woo! Jason, what? We, we've we got a, a whole world of board games out there to talk about now. We oh, yeah. we have done our final recording on a JasonCon board game, uh, so we can go any direction we want now. Oh. Or towards any of the board games that we've actually discussed prior to doing this recording, because we knew this problem was coming up. <laughs> right. Um, all right, so what should we do next? How, how do you feel about Scythe? I think we could probably do that. We've played it a couple times. How about you, listener? Would you like to hear about Scythe in one week? Yes, I would, Kyle. I've been wondering <laughs> about Scythe for years. All yeah. right, Muppet listener. <laughs> I was Scythe it say, is. It sounds like a cross between like Kermit the Frog and Yoda. <laughs> That's who it was. It was their love child. <laughs> Yermit. He's green. <laughs> Yermit. <laughs> Jedi Master Yermit. <laughs> He's also very good at song and dance. <laughs> Next week, <laughs> we will be talking about Scythe, uh, one of the hottest games of 2016. Yeah. 2016? Yeah, 2016. So hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, everybody. Uh, we will talk to you in one week. Thanks for listening. Later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.